Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about faith, family, freedom, the state of Illinois, our nation, and conservative action. Here's David Smith and Monty Larrick. Thanks for making Illinois Family Spotlight part of your day. I'm Monty Larrick, and this is David Smith. Hello. The Executive Director of the Illinois Family Institute and Illinois Family Action. Racial strife, division, right here in all so progressive <laughs> Illinois. Dom, Democratic dominated yeah. Illinois. Here are a few examples of progress. Black unemployment in Chicago in double digits despite a strong economy. Yep. Black homeowners in Chicago being taxed out of their homes while progressive elites have connections to have their taxes cut. Uh, something about toilets? Yeah. Toilets being removed? Yeah. Black children forced to attend failing schools. Black children left without fathers because of progressive policies. Black children about as likely to be aborted as to be born. Yep. And progressive gun laws fail to protect black people in their communities. That's right. The Reverend Dr. Eric Wallace. Does any of that sound like progress to you? <laughs> it sure doesn't. No, <laughs> in no way, shape, or form. No matter how you try and spin it, it does not. It is not progress. Will any of that uh, bring about racial reconciliation? No, not at all. Not at all. It, it it exacerbates it actually, and then those who want to protest everything that that may have any kind of tinge or any any way tangential to any kind of racial problem will uh, ramp it up to try you know there's this thing called the politics of racial grievance which means you don't you don't let white people off the hook you continue to some thought that we had that first black president that everything would work out is that bill clinton or barack obama (laughs) remind me (laughs) that's a very good question so so you know we we have a uh and and actually some people call him the half black president because he was half white um but so I guess which one was more black president? Was it Clinton or was it That's was right. It Obama? That's right. I mean, remember, he was he claimed to be the first black, you know, yeah. president. Because well, he yeah. could play a saxophone. That's and, right. And he was smooth <laughs> with the women. <laughs> I, I wouldn't. Smooth. Uh, anyway, yeah, there you go. <laughs> back to the uh, actual issue. You have yes. to ask me that question now. We got so far afield. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Politics of racial grievance is what well, I was us, talking about. Well, tell yeah. us who Dr. Wallace is, Monty. Uh, Dr. Eric Wallace is co-founder and president of the Freedoms Journal Institute for the Study of Faith and Public Policy, and uh, you're a military veteran. I didn't know that about you until I went to and, Googled, uh, Googled you. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I think you're just a, kind of a nice guy, too. Well, you know, he's also uh, a former pastor, religious leader. He's an ordained minister, pro-life activist, longtime pro-life activist, a, uh, a few-time Republican candidate, right? Yeah. Uh, you ran against a couple of uh, rhinos challenging them uh, a few years ago for Senate. You, went, you ran against, was it Mark Kirk? Or remind me, oh, I can't remember, uh, for U.S. Senate. I, I, I circulated petitions for U.S. Senate, okay. but I ended up dropping out because there was like six of us trying to run against one uh, That's moderate, right. right? And it didn't make. I, you know, I can do math. Yes, right. <laughs> I got you. I'm not real good at math, but I can do it. Yes, right. I can at least add and subtract, and that wasn't going to work out in our favor. Yeah, right. So, uh, we asked you to come in here today because you've got a couple of projects that you're working on that really resonate with us, and. Um, 
I know that they are absolutely needed. The church needs to address some issues. Um, Satan is out there peddling lie after lie after lie, and people are buying into these narratives uh, that really divide us. And we shouldn't be surprised to see that the devil is working overtime to divide his church, God's church. And and if he can keep us divided and ununited, not unified, we're going to be easily taken captive. And that's what's happening. And so, Eric, you, you, you're working on two very important projects. Which one do you want to talk about first? Well, let me give you this part first. Okay. I, we've just tweaked our, our mission statement. Okay. And I'm so proud of for it. For Freedom's Journal? Yeah, for Freedom's Journal. And, and we tweaked it to say it's to advance the kingdom of God through political education and engagement engagement rooted in a biblical worldview. That's right. So Good. it says succinctly exactly. I mean, I've, we've wrestled with this for a while as to yes. how do you actually get this down to a few words. Uh, An elevator and, speech. Right. And so we're trying to get the church in general, the African-American church in particular, to stand what we say we believe. We right. say we, we're, we're Christians and we're pro-life and we're all these different things, but we keep putting people who are not uh, in, in, into office. And so I've so 2019, one of the things we want to uh, focus on, two of the things we're, we're focusing on, one of them is racism in America and the role of the church, trying to look at racism from a biblical world. What does the Bible say about race? Okay, we've heard from the secular folks. We've heard people always trying to, um, uh, you know, use the politics of racial grievance to get people upset, you know, to march in the streets and all this stuff. And I, I'm, I'm a little disturbed that so many of my friends in the ministry are so quick to jump up and follow secular leaders right. who don't have our best interests at heart. That's right. So how do we approach this with a biblical worldview? And then the second one has to do with... Um, Repenting. Oh, yes, Repent Chicago. Uh, well, good luck with that. Yeah, where we're looking at, uh, if you remember um, Promise Keepers, how they brought you know men to big stadiums and... They kind of re- they repented and decided they were going to be true men of God and so forth. And one major thrust of Promise Keepers was racial reconciliation. reconciliation. Yeah. So that was 20-some-odd years ago. Have we improved? Well, I, I, I think there needs to be some—it's uh, not just talking about it. It's also educating ourselves about what the Bible actually says about these things and also trying to get rid of the myth because a lot of things are driven— it's, it, it's one thing if somebody white says it, it's another thing if somebody black actually comes out and says, hey, look, we've got um, to stop pushing this narrative that everything is white people's pro- uh, you know, it's, it's, it's racist white people who did all these things against us, and it's white all their White male fault. racist, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me wrong. There is racism. Oh, absolutely. And, it, and it's a sin. Absolutely. And we need to treat it, the church needs to treat it as a sin and understand that we should be leading the way in how to deal with these things. And that's part of the repentance, right? We need to repent right. from that. A- absolutely. So the Repent Chicago is about bringing, bringing the church and folks, pastors from all different denominations, into a, into a stadium and repent. Right. Uh, have now, some wait people a second. Ask. You said all different denominations. That kind of raises a red flag to me. <laughs> Christian <Okay>. denominations. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All Christian denominations, and there are some folks. I mean, there, we know there are people in, in certain denominations that are very liberal and don't care about the Bible. But we're looking for those who actually care about the Bible. I have some friends who are, who are Presbyterian who love the Lord. There are, some, there are some Baptists. There are some, you know, I'm from the Church of the Nazarene, and we yep. love the Lord. And, yep. and so 
if we can get past some of our denominational differences right. and say, Lord, we need your help. That's right. Lord, we need you to fill us with your Holy Spirit. And but we also us. have to recognize, Eric, that uh, there are liberal churches out there that really emphasize the social justice aspect of mm-hmm. this. And of course, who can be against justice? However, <laughs> what they're doing is not social justice. It's actually uh, fostering hate and bitterness, isn't it? Right, right. And I actually prefer the term biblical justice. Oh, that's you, good, Eric. So you can't always use that out in the secular world because they don't understand what you're talking about. But, but Christians should understand that. What right. does it mean to, be, uh, to have biblical justice? Because for many in the, um, in the secular world, and this is one thing we need to do, and we need to, uh, when we're in conversations with people, especially secular folks, get them, to, get them to define their terms. Right. What do they mean by social justice? That's right. What do they mean by racism? What do you mean by some of these other things that you want to, that uh, equality, you know, uh, all these things that we throw out that are buzzwords. That's right. Uh, they have their understanding of what they mean, but That's sometimes right. we're on two different <laughs> yep. two different islands, if you will, That's right. talking about talking over each other or past each other. And the social justice here generally generally means that you know, uh, you know, people getting the same amount of money, uh, same pay, or um, uh, at the top of my head, I can't think of what they all are, but some of them we yeah, wouldn't, no, we wouldn't sure. agree with. So oh yeah. oh, sexual equality, like like men and women, you, there is no distinction between men and women. They're yeah, exactly the and same. And that's a lie of the devil. Yes. Yeah, so, so when you say, um, you know, a biblical view of race, the first thing that pops in my mind, and tell me if this is where you're going, is the, the verse that says there's neither Jew nor Greek, right? Yep. We're, we're all human race, right? That's one of them. Then there's Acts 17, I believe it's Acts 17, 27, uh, where it said that, you know, God created all these nations through— That's right. Through one, uh, you know, that's right. Basically talking about Adam and well, Eve. Well, and, and there was a recent study back in December uh, that came out that said uh, that— all human beings came from one family, uh, the DNA. Uh, whoa. <laughs> I mean, they've said that before, though, too. Cause right. They, they talked about, uh, you know, Adam and Eve many, many years ago. I, guess it was News, I think it was Newsweek. Yeah. Where they had Adam and Eve on the cover, and they say they can trace everything back to the— Well, this one traces it back to Noah. It's after the uh, the cataclysm flood, the, the cataclysmic okay. flood, flood, you know? So, it, you know, it's like, whoa. So the, bear, the, the science is actually proving biblical a- a- truth. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't even realize it. Right. And so the other thing, though, that bothers me, too, uh, about this aspect is, you know, Scripture is very, very clear. Racism, if we hate our brother, we've murdered him in our hearts. We're guilty mm. of murder. Mm. It, it, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a high crime in God's book. Absolutely. And I even thought about it this morning, how those who see racism, who see their race as better than some other races, right. actually pervert the Word of God. Yeah. Because in Genesis, it, it, I mean, you know, God— made Adam and Eve, and from them we came, and of course then obviously we go to Noah, Noah's flood, and he continues to make races and nations, excuse me, I'd rather say nations, because there is no, there aren't a bunch of races, there's, there's one race, yeah. the human race, right? okay, and from that there are various nationalities, there are various cultures, ethnicities, ethnicities yep. yes, yep. and so um, that's the biblical truth, the, the human truth, or secularism says there's a bunch of different races, and, there's, and if you believe evolution, then then one race is more involved in the other races. Well, progressives believe that. Yeah, well, well there, there are certain <laughs> yeah. progressives, and Margaret Singer being one of them, right. and uh, and Adolf Hitler, who actually took uh, her studies, right? Yeah, uh, eugenics. Darwin. Yeah, the eugenic studies that uh, talked about uh, you know one race was better than another, and we you know and we need to get and we could actually get rid of some of those um, 
right? So, some of those folks who weren't as advanced, and uh, we can we could better the human race. So before we go to break, Eric, tell uh, our listeners where they can find you on the internet. Well, we have we actually have that name, uh, racisminamerica.net. Okay, they can go directly there, or they can go to freedomsjournalinstitute.org, and they can subscribe to your email newsletters. They can, yes, they can. They subscribe to the newsletter. They can leave a donation for the because uh, everything right now is going toward that. And you're a five hundred one c three. We certainly are. So tax deductible so donations tax deductible. can can help you with this project. And when we come back for a break, let's talk more about what you're trying to do um, with Repent Chicago and this DVD series, racism, racism in America, in America, and the role of the church, and the role of the church. Wonderful. All right, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Do you know that the time your children spend in school for one year is as much time as they will spend in church in over five years? Why would we want our children to be in a school that denies God and His truth? Christian Liberty Academy was founded in 1968 to provide a place that would affirm and strengthen what our children learn at home and in their churches. We have a great location in Arlington Heights, outstanding faculty and facilities, a strong biblical worldview emphasis, and an affordable tuition price compared to similar schools. We provide a comprehensive and accredited curriculum that will prepare your child for college and beyond. From preschool all the way through 12th grade, discover the positive difference that Christian Liberty Academy can make in their education and life. Schedule a personal tour today and get more information at ChristianLibertyAcademy.com or call 847-385-2013. People are talking a lot about healthcare these days. There are so many changes, so many questions. As Christians, where can we turn for answers? Well, at Samaritan Ministries, we believe the answer is in Jesus Christ, working in the lives of His people, demonstrating Christian community by sharing each other's medical needs, scripturally, faithfully. Here's just part of Lana's story in her own words. I love getting the monthly share that I give to each month that has a name of a real person and their real medical concerns and a prayer request, you know, for them. That I get to interact with people from all over the country, just like me, and get to pray for them and know that they're praying for me when I have a need. It's great. I love it. Lana is just one of over 200,000 members who are sharing over $23 million in medical needs each month. If you'd like to experience what it's like to partner with other Christians for your health care needs, and you'd like to see what other members are saying, visit MySamaritanStory.org. Thanks again for being part of Illinois Family Spotlight. Monty Lurick here along with... David Smith, Yellow. the Executive Director of Illinois Family Institute, Illinois Family Action. We're joined by the Reverend Dr. Eric Wallace, co-founder and president of the Freedoms Journal Institute for the Study of Faith and Public Policy. What do you mean by that? <laughs> <laughs> well, we try and look at how faith affects our politics and vice versa. So really? faith in politics? Yeah. They mix? <laughs> According to secular people, they don't. According to the separation of church, church and state, state folk, yeah. they uh, say, no, no, no. Of course, their irreligious views are perfectly fine in the public right. square. <laughs> Absolutely. 
All right. Well, listen, before we uh, went to break, we talked about your racism in America and the role of the church project. And um, before we started recording, we watched a video promo that you put together, Mm -hmm. which is phenomenal. Uh, I guarantee most people listening to this, once they see the promo, they're going to say, let's go. Let's see it. Let's Mm -hmm. do this. Uh, But you're working on it. This is a work in progress, and you need funding to get this done. You're going to be interviewing many key people, many uh, theologians and political leaders, and I'll let you tell a little bit more. But some of the issues that you you, uh, outlined uh, were were slavery, education, unemployment, minimum wage. Of course, you're going to be talking about eugenics, family breakdown, and how this has played a role in stoking the flames of racism in America. And what is the response of the church? Are we perpetuating it, or are we trying to reconcile with our brothers and sisters who are across town worshiping the same God, who are our <laughs> brothers and sisters under the blood, but yet, you know... Are we going about it the wrong way? The, yeah, right. Yes. Do you want me so, to expound on yeah. that? Yes, please. <laughs> I, I've said enough. Go. Uh, uh, yeah, we... we um, we don't have all our facts straight, first of all, and that's one of the reasons we wanted to, um, let's, let's say, you know, the whole idea about slavery. Um, there's a lot of question out there about whether it's been accepted that uh, 1619 uh, uh, was the first time that African slaves came to the, the United States, um, though it wasn't the United States at the time. Um, there's some argument about that, that there were other blacks that were brought uh, to Florida by the Spanish. Um, and that most of these blacks were not slaves, they were indentured servants. Mm. That slavery didn't happen until a little bit later. And that actually, if you read um, before the Mayflower, and I'm forgetting the gentleman's name right now who wrote it, uh, but it'll come to me. The so, governor? That's what's the problem with getting getting old. <laughs> <laughs> William Bradford? <laughs> no, no. Okay. Um, it'll probably be you know right after we're finished, uh, or <laughs> we're, we're close to the end, all of a sudden it will come to me. But he writes that, there, that these... Uh, indentured slaves came, and they ended up paying off their debt, they ended up buying land, and they even had um, indentured servants themselves. And these are black folks with other indentured servants, bought bought acreage and so forth. They were even allowed to vote up to a certain time. It's not till later that all of a sudden, when they start importing a lot of slaves from from Africa, that uh, from West West Africa, that things begin to change. Uh, So we want to tell the real story about about slavery. We want to tell a real story about our founding fathers. Uh, people say, well, because they had slaves, they must have been racist. Well, they didn't start slavery. They right. were born into slavery. That's right. And many of those who had slaves had inherited those slaves from their their parents, their forefathers. And it was illegal, at least under the British rule, to um, free your slaves. Um, and so there was even a part, as we know, in the Declaration of Independence that talked about slavery. The, the original draft. The original draft. Yeah. But but they were made to take it out because right. they felt like the southern states and the northern states could not come together if right. the, if they fought slavery at that time. Right. So they put that off. Yeah. Um, southern Democrats. Southern. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Good point. Well, well and, and I think, and you know, I don't know if you agree with this, but uh, we played dearly in the Civil War for putting that off and not dealing with it at the time of the founding. You know, obviously, we don't have a crystal ball. We can't see if if right, the right. colonies would have united and 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 made a, a force of it, uh, if we would have won our independence from Great Britain at the time, either. So, yeah, yeah it's hindsight. And I know that Lincoln shared your view that, right. that we were 
we were being judged because it wasn't dealt with earlier. Right. But I would think the founding fathers would probably say, well, we'd all still be under British rule if right. we did. <laughs> we'd if still we be didn't. speaking English. Wait a minute. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> the King's English. Right. <laughs> we'd be speaking King James. Uh, That's English. right. You know, I read uh, U.S. Grant's memoirs, and um, he said, you know, at the outset of the Civil War, the Union could have won the war very quickly, but they made mistake after mistake. And he said, it was God's hand in this. Because if we'd ended the war quickly, mm. we would have still had slavery. slavery there right. would have been appeasement and compromise, and we would have still had slavery, and God wanted it gone. Well, if you look at the movie uh, Lincoln, which I, I love. You highly cause recommend. Because there are certain parts in there that help you understand the predicament he was in, that he didn't have the power to overthrow what was going on in states, because states, there were states' rights. Right. And states' rights is not a... Is not a dog whistle for racists. No, it's an <laughs> it's <laughs> it's an actual law in our constitution, right. and it's and it and it works in a number of different ways. Well, I have conservative friends, libertarian friends, who still blame Lincoln for uh, you know starting um, the federal government's control uh, over states' rights. Yeah, you know, the question is whether he had the right to actually do that. And in, right. and in the actual movie, he's wrestling with that idea right. that he doesn't know whether he actually has the right to do it or not. Right. But he does it anyway, and then decides that um, those, and it only applies to those states that were in rebellion. Uh, and, and then he decides that um, he wants to have this amendment passed, the 13th Amendment, that abolishes slavery, before the war is over. Yeah, Because yeah. <laughs> he figures he won't have a chance to do it you know, after that. So, uh, well, and there's also the story about the Emancipation Proclamation. You know, the Union was getting its tail handed to it by Lee, and uh, he went into a, a room and, and uh, prayed about the Emancipa Emancipation Proclamation and said, Lord, you give us victory. I promise you, I will issue this proclamation as soon as you give us victory. And right after that, they won their first major victory. Wow, uh, uh, in, in in what was it? Ta Antietam. 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 That's right. Outside of Gettysburg, and uh, and he went ahead and said, "Okay, I'm doing it now." <laughs> <laughs> Pretty amazing. But anyway, we're we're getting a far afield. So, what you're trying? What's your goal with this DVD series or uh, uh, racism in America and the church's role? Uh, my my goal is to help the church look at itself and. Uh, we, we can't expect the secular world to lead in this whole issue of racism in America or racism around the world, for that matter. The church has to be the leader. And if we can't get it right, That's right. then we can't expect anybody else because we're supposed to lead on this. We're, we're, the ones, we're the ones who have the text that says, you know, they'll know that we're his disciples by the love that we show to one another. I know and, I'm and paraphrasing. Maybe, and maybe the, the lost world is looking at us and seeing how divided we are Absolutely. and saying it ain't real. Absolutely. So yeah. we've got to show the love of Christ, what Amen. it means to, go, to love somebody regardless of, of their ethnicity. You're my brother in Christ. Yeah. I don't lead with my race. I lead with my Christianity. That's right. That's our identity, right? Absolutely. Our identity is in Christ, not our skin color. Um, I said this once to uh, um, to a group of pastors. Uh, it was you know a group of mixture, black, white, Hispanic, and I said I think it's our skin color doesn't matter. It's going to be burned up in the end. And I was corrected, and he was right. He said, Dave. Scripture says at the end, all nations will be sitting in front of the Lord, worshiping him. So that means black, brown, and, and you know, other, you know. Absolutely. And so... Uh, that's I, what I, heaven's going to look like. We're going right. to be there and a new, new heaven and new earth. So 
Um, and if you look at the Bible, there's, there's uh, you know, Ethiopia is talked about, yeah. Egypt. Yep. I mean, all these people are white Europeans. Right. So... <laughs> And do the media actually understand we worship a Jew from the Middle East? I mean, <laughs> do they understand that? Right, and he's got mixed blood. I was reading a book by Tony Evans on oneness. I can't remember the whole title, but he talks about how there is there's um how do you put it? I don't know if he said African blood in in the lineage of Christ. Right. So you know we've got to get over this yeah, this whole absolutely. thing that this that Christianity is a white man's religion or that. Um, somehow there isn't a contribution from the African American community or the Asian community, and we're all there. We okay? we can we can celebrate cultural differences, right? Right. We don't, but we don't want to divide ourselves because of uh, because of race. That's the problem. Absolutely. You had a quote that you wanted to share with us. Yeah, from I talked Booker. about the, the 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 politics of racial grievance, and it's not a new issue for for us. It started way, it started a long time ago. Booker T. Washington even talks about it. And I'll quote him here. He says, there's a another class of colored people who make a business of keeping the troubles and the wrongs and the hardship of the Negro race before the public. Having learned that they're able to make a living out of their troubles, they have grown into the settled habit of advertising their wrongs, partly because they want sympathy and partly because it pays. <laughs> Some of those people do not want the Negro to lose his grievances because they do not want to lose their jobs. In other words, they can make money out of this. That's right. End of the quote. I'm sorry. Well, and, and it is a big business, isn't it? It is. And, and we I'm, have. I'm thinking of a couple names. Yeah. Are you, are you, are you thinking? Are you thinking? You know, but but you know, the media, the mainstream media, the dominant media in Illinois, in Illinois and the United States, um, are allies in this, aren't they? They perpetuate it because why? Tell me, what, what do you think is behind all this, other than well, the devil? <laughs> well, first of all, I, you're right. It's, it's the devil, but it's also power. You've got a power as long as you keep uh, the African American community thinking that uh, we're only one step away from going back to slavery. As a, who was a politician who said that? Oh, yeah, uh, Biden. Did Biden. He say, yeah, yeah, Biden. Biden said he wants to take <laughs> us all back Michael to Joe. slavery. That's right, right. that's right. Um, then you've got a, uh, a group of people who uh, you get them emotionally upset. Yeah. Like, you know, Black Lives Matter. Right. Okay? Uh, even though we found out that uh, Michael Brown didn't have his hands up and say, don't shoot. Right. We found it was a fabrication. But so many people bought into that. Bought into that and it was an emotional thing. Yep. And once you become very emotional about something, right. the whole idea about thinking this through or anything else goes out it's the window. Not, people are not reasonable when their emotions take no. over. Absolutely. Right. So, so I'm, I'm encouraged by what you're trying to do. So tell people about the nuts and bolts. What are you trying to do? You need to raise money so you can get these interviews and put this on DVD and then market it. And uh, we'll help, be help, happy to help with promoting it because I think it's absolutely necessary that this gets out. And we have this national – let me put that backwards. We have this family discussion. This mm -hmm. is a family it issue. Is. It is. It's church family. Yeah. And the church family has, so what do you need? has to get beyond this. Well, we need to be able to, to raise enough money to put this series out. And we're, we're not actually going to take it straight to DVD. We're actually going to put it on, on TV. We're, talking about, we're looking at Christian TV. We're also looking at some of the black stations out there. Good. Um, I've been talking to, let me also tell you some of the people I've talked to. Yeah. Alveda King, Wonderful. the niece of Dr. Martin Luther King, yep. has bought into it. She, in fact, when she watched the video, she called me up and said, what can I do to help? Amen. Uh, Niger Ennis, the son of... Um, uh, civil rights activist Roy Ennis mm. of CORE. Yeah. Uh, he did the same thing. I sent it to him, and he called me right back and said, you know, what can it's, I do? <laughs> so I've got 
I've got two children of, of civil rights activists who are involved, who want to be involved, and they're both conservative. Uh, I've got, uh, you know, Corey, Corey, Pastor Corey Brooks, Pastor from, from Michael Chicago Allen. Area. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, Michael Allen, Uptown Baptist Church. Yes, yeah. yes. Wonderful yes. guy. And there are a couple of people I haven't necessarily spoken to yet, but they're on my list. Okay. Ben, ben Kinslow, formerly the, of CBN. Yes, yes. Uh, so... Uh, we're looking to line up folks. It's not not, not just pastors either, because we want to get some scholars too, historical people who can talk about um, Frederick Douglass or who can talk about uh, Abraham Lincoln or who can talk about um, the our, our founding documents, the Constitution. Some people look at the Constitution and think it's a racist document. Well, you know, Frederick Douglass thought so too before he sat down and actually read it, and then he <laughs> changed his mind. So... Uh, so there are a lot of people who haven't actually read the text right. that, that don't know what, the, what it actually says. So we need to raise some money to be able to do this, to be able to travel to Washington, D.C. Uh, we want to be able to uh, shoot some of this in the uh, Museum of the Bible. Yes. Also the African-American Museum mm-hmm. that's there. Uh, uh, Going to do any shooting at Operation Push? <laughs> 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 We're gonna do. Some, we are gonna do some shooting in the Chicagoland area. Good. Uh, and thinking about trying to bring some people in instead of traveling all over the country. Right. Maybe at some point we're just gonna bring some folks in. Yep. To uh, to come and 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 interview them. Uh, I'm really excited about the whole thing. Fantastic. Good. So where would they go to uh, help fund you? Make a donation. Learn more about this project. You can go to. You have two options. One, you can just go to our website. Our regular website, which is freedomsjournalinstitute.org, freedoms with an S, journalinstitute.org, or just go to racisminamerica.net. That may be easier for you to remember. Racisminamerica.net. Okay. And that'll take you directly to the page. And then you can see the video trailer there. The video's there. There's also a link to leave a donation. Okay. And once you leave a donation, you will get an email from us as a receipt, you know, thanking you for that donation. Um... We have to raise, can I say how much money we need Absolutely. to raise? Absolutely. <laughs> We're trying to raise about a half a million dollars. Right. Because it's around $80,000 per. You're not doing this rinky-dink. This is going to be a professional job. Oh, yes. If you look at the video that has been produced already on the website, you know this is high-quality, good stuff. So, yeah. And, and so it's going to cost. It's it, you, you, A worthy workman is worthy of his <laughs> wages. So, yeah. So. And, I, and I'm not producing it. We've got an actual group that's yeah, actually right, going to right. This is not your specialty, right? No, you have the vision, and you're directing it, and, and somebody else is going to produce and edit Absolutely. it. So, Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, Dr. Eric Wallace, thank you so much. Thank you for your work and what you're doing. And we'll have to follow up with you in the, in the near future. Very near future. All right. Thank you for listening, folks. And if you'd like to help out the Illinois Family Institute, Uh, Just give us a call at uh, 708-781-9328. Visit us online at IllinoisFamily.org. And until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to Illinois Family Spotlight. For more information, please visit us at ifiaction.org and look for us on Facebook and Twitter. If you would like to email us questions or comments, please do so at feedback at ifiaction.org. Until next time, stay engaged and keep your eyes on the prize.